As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Chris Welsh, joined by the Athletics' best, Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, as we are prepping you for the fantasy football season with who you must have. There is no in-between. These are affirmatives. You have to have these, according to Jake Seeley. You have to have these to Brandon Funston. You do anything else, you're fired. Excommunicado, my friends. <laughs> That is how it goes down. Jake Seeley, all in kid on Twitter. Brandon Funston, same name at the Twitter handle. Jake, how are you coming off of uh, Flex Leagues and any other of your personal drafts? How has the last week been in draft world for you? Counterpoint, no. <laughs> we didn't get our shirts yet, by the way. We got to get our shirts. We'll get those in soon. Uh, Actually, uh, we're done my, with them all, just, right? Uh, uh, all my drafts are the shirts. Not done with all the drafts. Oh, they're done with all the flex drafts. We're not done with all of the drafts. I actually just finished the uh, IDP one with Jamie Eisenberg that you know Scott usually helps with, but he sleeps in late. He says he couldn't get any help from him this year, so I just, just I hope I did him proud with the IDP. Like I don't know who these guys are. Like I mean, I know depth <laughs> charts in the NFL, but I really do not know every team's third linebacker or fourth safety. And I'm just kind of going through the list, hoping I I, I did it right. The biggest test is always like. Do I take this fourth running back or do I take this second linebacker for my second, team? That's the, yeah, that's the thing is, the, is like I don't mind playing in some IDP, but like Jamie's got two defensive linemen, three linebackers, three safeties, corners slash corners, and then a flex spot for defense. Like that's too much, man. Like, that's literally I play, <laughs> I play in a sixteen team league. Bogman does the same thing: two defensive linemen, three linebacker two defensive back and a flex IDP. When you get to adding corners, I get mad. I'm like, let's not do the corner and defensive tackles. Like, let's not do that. We're, we're going too far into it. I, you, I would have no problem if it was one, two, one and a flex that then, I then guess. that's a little bit more interesting. It's too. Yeah. Much. Well, then cause it's kind of minimalized and everything like that. Uh, Brandon, how, how does it go in draft world? Are you best balled out and prepping into home league or any high money leagues, what's the rest of the fantasy football season for you? Yeah, I haven't had a real draft since the flex drafts. Uh, I have four. <laughs> I have four coming up. I'm about ready to run the gauntlet. Um, and, and Labor Day and the day after Labor Day are my two biggie home leagues. But uh, 
been doing a lot of mocks uh, for The Athletic, uh, for uh, apparently Seahawks.com with Scotty Engel. But, uh, yeah. uh, so I've been getting my reps in, but the real, the real leagues won't come start back up until uh, just after this weekend, and then I do four. What's your favorite but, draft position? Because everybody <laughs> always loves to ask that person. You know what? I, year. I'm actually good with any draft position this year. I don't know about you guys. but Oh, you're that um, talented? I, I I just think I don't know. I mean, I think there's good picks all the way through. I'm happy with it. I love actually picking that 12 spot now too. I double tap on the end. I'd love the that. big question with your mocks is: Did you win though? Did you win the mocks? That's the, the most I'm important. Undefeated, thing. undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, you know what? Congratulations. <laughs> it's going to be a great year. Then it's going to be a fantastic year built around everything that you guys are doing, prepping for drafts. You guys actually performing in drafts comes the must have. Who are the players? worded in lots of different ways who are your guys who are the guys you have the most shares of that's something you're going to know after the fact but these are the players that are your stamps these are the players that you've got to get out of drafts it's not like a sleeper conversation necessarily it's whatever capacity they are who must you guys own the stamps of approval will be seen on the ranks and that is what we're going to be talking about all the home CMC and Justin Jefferson. I'm done. See you guys later. <laughs> I'm not going to name the person, by the way, but I don't, saw this person. Don't forget be, Kelsey. I saw this person uh, get interviewed for this video and it was like, who's your, who's your quarterback of the year? And they were like, Patrick Mahomes, who's your running back CMC. And I was like, come on, we can't do fantasy information where we're just talking about the number one player at every single position. Who's your favorite wide receiver, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Like, it's, that's where it gets funny. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Those could be your guys. That is also why I pared it down to getting your guy for RB1, your guy for RB2, so we can push a little bit about that. But you guys are good about not uh, just giving me the cream of the crop Chuck. on any single yeah. player. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. So... These are your guys. These are the must-haves from Brandon Funson and Jake Seeley. So let's uh, dip into the whole thing. I do want to remind you, though, if you guys want to get maybe your own look at who are Jake's guys, make sure you're over at The Athletic and sign up today. A couple bucks a month will get you set. You can check out all the articles, the draft prep, the projection sheets, everything that Jake's got going on, and you can peruse through and probably figure out who Jake's guys are just by going through the list. That thing is updated all the time. It's the best way to get prepped your fantasy football season joining with the athletics so if you're not already subscribed do it today mr jake seeley who is your must have quarterback for 2024 yeah so i'm glad that you said like you know your guys that you have the most shares of because that's kind of how i treated these lists is like my guys most haves because you know we could sit here and just go patrick mahomes <laughs> saquon barkley and cmc like, so at quarterback uh, this is definitively the person i have the most of uh second closest is funston's boy well his real life boy geno smith but the number one that i have the most of is anthony richardson because i am willing to go first tier quarterback i'm willing to go second tier quarterback but the problem is it's late third, fourth round for the first tier, and that's like fifth, sixth for the second tier. And because people as a whole are pushing the quarterback position back up for those top two tiers, I'm generally missing out on those. And then every time I look at Trevor Lawrence or anybody in that tier with it, like Justin Herbert, I'm kind of like, eh, I kind of like the wide receivers and running backs there better. So I just wait and wait and wait. And I keep ending up with Anthony Richardson because I end up with a quarterback who I'm going to shoot for the upside. We talk about this all the time. I don't want QB 11. 
I want the person who could finish QB5 if everything breaks right. But then a lot of times I do end up with Geno Smith as my back pairing with him, who I still think has top eight upside. Uh, but I, I love getting those two late. And I actually uh, would love to get Brandon's pick. But like again, I, I, I think people came around on him. Funston, like, like to set you up, is like I, I think he's deserving to possibly get back into the top three. But every time somebody takes him, it's usually like the fourth round. Yeah, this is a higher tier yeah. quarterback for you, Brandon. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, and and I'm I'm the same way. I'm willing to get the top tier or the second tier. I just found myself Lamar Jackson's fallen to me like where he's been two full rounds later than the last of the top of the big three. Where I've been in a couple drafts where that's been like, man, that's good value at this point. To Jake's point, you want to take guys that can be top tier guys conceivably, um, you know, and get them later. And Lamar Jackson's already proven that he can be a top tier guy. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. I don't think we're going to see five DMPs a year from him from here on out. And that's really kind of what's been holding him back from, from being elite. And, you know, they got Todd Monk in there and now they're going to open up the passing game a little bit more. So there's a lot to, to like there if he can just simply stay healthy and at the quarterback position, you can kind of bank on that a little bit more, but Lamar Jackson's a little special case because he does run a lot and he does put himself in harm's way. One thing I'll say is I I felt – I mean, the, the quarterback I have the most of is Deshaun Watson. I, I don't want to say he's a must-have. I, mm. I can understand if you don't want to have him on your team. And uh, I just am kind of like to Jake's point where he ends up taking Anthony Richardson. When I get to the point where I've held out for a late quarterback and it's Tua and it's Dak Prescott and it's Anthony Richardson – I'll take Deshaun Watson because before he took his two-year hiatus, he was a top-five quarterback for three straight years, and he's still a young, he's still a relatively young quarterback. He's still a dual threat, and he's got some nice weapons to work with there in Cleveland. So I'm willing to to roll the dice on that. So again, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, both guys that you know could be top-tier quarterbacks. They have the they have the ceiling for it, anyways. Deshaun Watson, Brandon Funson's most wanted. Uh, I will say this: <laughs> going to flex league. It actually played out very funny in this entire conversation. I wanted to go mid-tier running back. I wanted to go Lamar or Joe Burrow. Quarterbacks got pushed up there. I think uh, Lauren Carpenter, uh, one of your co-hosts, Jake, took Mahomes like, might have taken him in the first round at like 10 or maybe on the wheel back, but it was like super high okay. for Patrick Mahomes. And then it was like it opened up Josh Allen and it opened up Jalen Hurts. So I was like, okay, this happened. And then... Every guy got placed up. So then I had made the commitment, I'm going to go later. What was my plan? Anthony she Richardson. took him at 2-4. Okay, yeah, 2-4. So top, what was that, like 16? Was it the 16th overall pick Mahomes got taken? Yeah, Lamar, Lamar went 3-11. Yeah, so they, I'm telling you, they got pushed up. I had thought about Lamar. Goes in the third round. So then I make the commitment, all right, I'm taking Amber a later quarterback. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted Anthony Richardson. But Anthony Richardson ended up, I think, going quarterback eight or nine because Tua was still on the board, Dak was on the board, Deshaun Watson was nine. on the board. Nine. So there you go. So what did I do? I waited out the whole thing. I did a double pairing, and I took Dak and Tua together in like the 13th or 13th, 14th, 14th round. Right? Yeah, yeah, I like boom. that. Boom. Yeah, so I paired those two guys together when I missed out on it, even though I wanted Richardson. So if I were to answer this, it's probably Tua, even though I do have Dak in a lot of places because Dak is falling, falling, falling. I know he's getting kind of boring and people, you know, assuming there's a lot of upside in other spots. I love pairing him with somebody. And the best case scenario off of Anthony Richardson to me was Tua. So I think Tua has top five quarterback upside with his weapons. There's just major injury problems. So if I were answering this, it would have been Tua. But it played out exactly on sides in the flex leagues of, I wanted a high-end quarterback. I wanted Lamar. Didn't work because they went so high. 
I wanted Richardson, but everybody else wants him just like Jake as well. So he's getting pushed up into a top 10. So those are must-haves. Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson. Let's go to running backs. And this is going to take a little bit longer because we're going to play RB1s, 2s, and 3s. Brandon, why don't we start with you? Your must-have RB1 this year. Uh, Jake took my guy, uh, so I had to I had to pivot to uh, Tony Pollard, who was number seven RB in half PPR last year. You look at the top 19 scorers at RB last year, he had the fewest touches of the top 19, and he finished number seven. So you have to go all the way down to number 20 to have fewer touches than Tony Pollard. They had 25 running back touchdowns in Dallas last year. Even with regression, there's still pro- it's a, still a ripe offense. We don't know if it's Rico Dowdle, Dowdle uh, Deuce Vaughn, Malik Davis, Ronald Jones. I mean, there is not a clear number two. And so, yes, yeah, somebody's going to step up but not in in a role that's equivalent to what Ezekiel Elliott took last year. This is going to be a bigger, it should be a much bigger role for Tony Pollard this year. And so, look, I think number seven RB is probably his floor. And you guys, uh, it's funny because both of you have paired my two favorite running backs that you very much could. I'm a running back, running back type of guy. You could do these two together, but you're going to have to probably have a mid pick to get one and hope everybody else is not quite as high because Tony Pollard, I'm very high on, but I'm also high on your RB1, Jake, who I think we all love here. No, we all do. And actually, speaking of that draft that I just did, I got Nick Chubb in the second round. I took Tyreek Hill. I was at pick nine. I got Tyreek Hill, and I was like, you know what? Because there's Chubb, and then there's a few. Like, I didn't even was willing to do Derrick Henry, but like, there were some others. Tony Pollard was still there. I was like, you know what? I have a feeling one of them will be there for my second pick. And surprisingly, the one of the three that I really wanted was Nick Chubb. For everybody that's so worried about PPR, even if you play full point PPR, he's still sixth in points per game last year. And this is now with no Kareem Hunt. No answer really behind him still. We're like sitting here assuming it's Jerome Ford is a little bit banged up. Nobody's really taken a step forward of uh, Demetri Felton or anybody. I think they're Schwartz trying to get mixed in and that didn't happen. Uh, there's just a giant question mark behind him where it's like, if he's just what he was last year, he's still RB6. And now he has a ceiling for even more with no Kareem Hunt and what we expect to be a better offense than what that nastiness was since Deshaun. That, if you actually look at it, Nick Chubb, one rushing touchdown with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. So if you take the part before he even had Deshaun Watson at quarterback and repeat that, he would have been in conversation for the one or two running back in all fantasy. So if he gets back to somewhat what he was before Watson, I think you're looking at another repeat top five performance. And again, you mentioned it. He keeps going in the second round. I almost would have taken these two exact players in flex, except in flex, Cooper Cup fell to eight and I got Cooper Cup. And I want it. I have Tony Pollard very high, but Cup was higher, and Tony Pollard fell to me in the second round. So I started Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, which couldn't have been better. If Cooper Cup had gone, I would have gone Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard. Actually, assuming that people want Nick Chubb a little bit over Pollard, and even though I have uh, Pollard at three on my RBs, love these two. I'm very committed with both of you guys. So let's go over to RB2. Jake Seeley, your must-have RB2 that you have now paired with Nick Chubb is who? And somebody that could be an RB1, uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, so there's so many things, even going back to last year. Like last year, Damian Pierce coming out of college was like, well, they never gave him a ton of touches. So what does that mean? And then he comes in, best talent in that backfield. Took a little while to take over. And then people are like, well, the concern is, what is he going to do in the passing game? And even with that, Damian Pierce last year, 30, 38 or 39 uh, in the passing game, 30 receptions last year not being the starter for the entire year, getting yanked off the field, terrible offense. 
and follow what these teams are telling you. We were watching this preseason, and I'm, I immediately even said this myself when they signed Singletary of like, Ugh, well, there goes the hope of Pierce being more. But if you watch the preseason, it's been Devin Singletary's the backup plan. He's not the pass catcher. He's not the pass catching option to be on the field 30, 35, 40% of the time. He's backup plan if Pierce gets hurt because Agumba Wally has been like the pass catcher. And Pierce in week two of the preseason didn't come off the field for third downs. He was out there. So if you're telling me Damian Pierce could already do what he did last year, the offense will be better with C.J. Stroud under quarterback or under center. The offensive line is still one of the better, at least mid-pack of the, the league, and people don't realize that because it's the Houston Texans. And you're going to give Damian Pierce 250-plus touches because you're not going to take him off the field? Like, why are, why are more people not on Damian Pierce? I feel like this is insane. He already averaged 13 points per game last year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Brennan, weren't you making a, you were big Damian Pierce last year. Have you fallen off of a Damian Pierce train? Are you disinterested or do you buy that he is just a completely undervalued RB right now? Uh, I, I'm, I'm with, I, I still like Damian Pierce a lot. I, you know, I'm, it's, it's the surrounding stuff that I, it gives me pause a little bit, but uh, like the talent, awesome. The team terrible, but like the advanced metrics and like what he is able to get just on his own, he's he's elite. You know, he's just he's a, he's a bulldozer. So I, I yeah. like him. I think he can be uh, involved. I do think Devin Singer will will mix in, but I don't think it'll be you know meaningfully crushing to uh, Pierce's fantasy value. So I'm with Jake on that. Um, but I would have picked my guy regardless because I'm I'm just so, all I'm all in on Team Aaron Jones for sure. Yeah, you know, so here's something funny real quick, because I wanted to break this down. But uh, on my show, my In This League show, every Friday we do mock drafts. And we've, we're have we at like 10, and we do all different types of formats. So we actually just did a flex mock draft too, Jake, uh, which was fun. And uh, for a, just a, a fun piece to have conversation, we do set it up with the uh, the fantasy pros like draft analyzer. And it'll it'll tell you like people that love your draft. And I'm just realizing this. Probably four of the last seven Brandon Funson you have been one of the top five people that have loved my draft and I'm like oh it's really I don't even realize like why Brandon always likes my draft it's because we we liked I didn't realize how much we like the same players all three of your running backs on this list are three of the four or three of the five that I would have pinpointed and Jake has two of the three like I'm very much in with you guys and I love Aaron Jones this year and Aaron Jones actually might be one of the reasons why you consistently love my draft so talk him up my friend because I'm with you yeah well uh so, you know, you're getting an RB2 value guy that's going RB15 and NFFC drafts in the last couple of weeks. Like I look at guys like Travis Etienne and Jameer Gibbs and probably Joe Mixon, who I would take Aaron Jones over 
but you don't have to because those guys are often already gone before I even have to consider, uh, you know, who I want there. I love Aaron Jones because sometimes I go wide receiver, wide receiver every once in a while in a draft, and I can take Aaron Jones as my first running back pick, and he goes RB2 and ADP, but he's delivered four straight RB1 seasons. He's been he's been top 12 four straight seasons. Workload should be should be great. He's been durable. He's averaged one DMP over those last four seasons. And the guy, a thousand career carries, five plus yards per carry, puts him in a company of four other guys in NFL history. Barry Sanders, Gail Sayers, Nick Chubb, and Jamal Charles. Like, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, I think there's, because he's been somewhat like not been a full-on bell cow, I think because he's 28, you don't have to worry about him you know, and the mileage as much as you do some of the other guys that hit the 28, 29. But, you know, with Jordan Love there, a lot of the narrative talk is that they're going to lean on that backfield a little bit more. I'm, I'm all for it, but give me Aaron Jones. So RB3, uh, again, if, if I am blueprinting RBs that I'm targeting, you guys have hit a lot of them. And Jake, your RB3, I probably actually would have assumed this guy because I would have assumed the RB3 that Brandon has is a little bit more of an RB2 but you've got Khalil Herbert as your RB3 must have. And it's getting a little bit more muddied because of the Roshan, Roshan Johnson conversation and how he's going to be used. But it's tough to deny who Khalil Herbert is as a runner. So why did you throw him in as your must have? Uh, because I, I would actually disagree. And I think it's actually become clear. And it's become clear that they have Herbert as the clear number one on this team. And this was never going to be a backfield that was going to see a ton of targets going to the running backs. Yes, Rashawn Johnson, better pass catcher, better pass blocker, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, I'm saying this a million times. I said on so many podcasts and articles at this point that Khalil Herbert's pass blocking grade last year was better than Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mix. I can go down the list. It's a ton of RB1s. And I'm not saying that Khalil Herbert deserves to be in the conversation of these RB1s for fantasy, but – Pass blocking is not everything. Like, yes, we want to see them out there for more third downs was the argument of Damian Pierce, why I like him. And we would love to see more. But I keep going back to Mark Ingram next to Lamar Jackson. I don't need you. use, And he was. He had three receiving touchdowns that year. But he only had 200 carries. And if you just take his rushing that year, he was a top 15 running back because of the rushing upside and the touchdown equity. Of course, it can go sideways, which Mark Ingram was an RB1, so maybe it's only an RB2. But the point being is Khalil Herbert should still be an RB2, still in this conversation, even if he cedes a lot of the passing game work to Rashawn Johnson because he's the lead running back in the backfield. So the biggest part of why I love him as an RB3, because there's a lot of places, as Funston knows, he did a mock draft, and I had we did the athletic mock draft, like I think it was two or three weeks ago, and Funston took him like in the 11th, and I was like, wait, I just had crossed hard. I crossed Herbert <laughs> off, assuming I missed that he went because of how ridiculous it's become. He's been going as an RB4 in most drafts. It's wild. He's he is like a f firmly outside of the top thirty of RBs, and he is just one of those values. He's he's just a great get, and I love exactly what you said. When you can get him also as like an RB four, you probably have our our dear friend uh, Joe Pizzapia when he talks about relative position value. He kind of chops players up more about how they start, like RB one, RB two. Like mm -hmm. Khalil Herbert is like the top. I don't I can't think of a top tier. RB4 you could have than Khalil Herbert. He's at the tippy top and pretty high as an RB3 as well. So we finish off the must-haves, Brandon, with the guy that we've talked a lot about on this show in the offseason. He was the guy I told you I wrote up in the um, in the athletic guide that's out there. I didn't do a much, a whole lot in that guide, so I talk about the few things I did. But I'm completely with you on Rashad White as your must-have RB3. Yeah, and it could be another terrible situation. Um, 
But this is volume. This is all volume. I just looked at Jake's projections for Rashad White. Projected him for 287 touches. The worst fantasy running back last season with at least 280 touches was Najee Harris, and he was RB12. Now, I went and checked out Mike Clay's projections. He's a little bit more modest. He had him at 261 touches. The worst running back last year with 260-plus touches was Alvin Kamara, RB18. So um, it's it's really a sort of a – it's a volume can't fail situation. You think what you want about Rashad white. And I think, you know, I think he's a great receiver and a decent runner, not elite, but, and the situation is tough, but if he's going to get 260 plus touches, that's, that's going to be top 20 most likely. And to get him mid twenties right now, depending on where you look, he's 24, 25. So I'm kind of fudging here. He's definitely a bubble RB back end RB two guy, but uh, I think he, with his volume, he's going to be right in the middle of the RB two class. Yeah, and he's in like a, a mush of a lot of players as well. So like mush. you can make the just yeah, they're just like a bunch of guys, you know. And it's like there's a lot of questions around them. A glob, as we would sometimes use, and like the pitcher glob of fantasy baseball. There's a glob of running backs that kind of sit in that could move between you know being 18 and 28, and you can play a volume play with Rashad White. I very very much like him. So let's move over to the wide receivers. Must have wide receivers. These are some newer names. A few of these guys we've talked about, plenty we haven't. So, Jake, let's start with you. Your must-have wide receiver one for 2024. Mm, it, it's Amara St. Brown. I didn't think it was going to be because after we left last year with the excitement over his rookie season and what he's doing in the offense with Jared Goff and blah, 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 and all this type of stuff, and it was like, I thought it was going to be off Amara St. Brown because people are going to put him inside the top five. And that's what people are having these conversations of like top five, top five. And he's so great. And he's going to the next Cooper cup. How many times did we hear that last year? Who's the next mm-hmm. Cooper? He's Jared Goff's new Cooper cup. Uh, interestingly enough, if you look at his target percentage of routes, so route target percentage, like the amount of times he runs around and gets targeted, it is only behind Tyreek Hill and then the other two names, uh, they had 30 and 32 targets of LaVisca Chenault and Jamal Agnew. So you just throw those guys out the window. He's essentially number two behind Tyreek Hill, just in front of Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup and Drake London. Over 30% of the time he runs it route, he gets targeted. And now Jamison Williams is suspended again. And, well, I guess out again, suspended. Now out again for multiple weeks. They're going to start the season at probably around the midpoint. Uh, I don't understand why people don't have more excitement for a mom It feels like maybe... People got too overly tired of it, of hearing his name. But he went from being in this conversation with like Devontae Adams and the next Cooper Cup and Tyree Kills, and all of a sudden people are just like, meh, whatever, I'll take C.D. Lamb. I'm like, why? I'm on St. Brown, man. That's a good point. You know, I've been... I want to say I'm maybe indifferent. I think I see the value. I don't see insane downside. A lot of people are like indifferent to him all of a sudden. I don't get it. And and I think to your point, it's probably incorrect. I think part of it has come from that offense. But the more that you do break it down, Jamison Williams definitely plays a role in it, but you're gone for six weeks. You're also dealing with injury stuff. They don't have Hawkinson, which is the thing that works in his favor. Then you got Gibbs, who might be working more at the backfield. I'm not sure... Now that we're having a conversation it, of the number two option on this team being Marvin Jones, deceased corpse, uh, Josh Reynolds, and yeah. Sam Laporta, a rookie. Yeah, no, no, and, I, and I'm, I'm just talking about it live on air. Like you can build an upside, and then you can immediately build like a small downside. The, there's not enough downsides to outweigh him being a top ten wide receiver, really, yeah. in any capacity. By the way, is deceased corpse redundant? 
I feel like uh, it redundant. has to be. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a corpse implies death, so yeah, you know, that would be a, that would be redundant, Jake. Rotting exactly. corpse, that would have been better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would be exactly. But Amonra St. Brown, definitely one of these picks in there. That where did you say you? Where do you have him? I haven't. So I think I haven't. Six, seven, six, seven. He's in the same. T- but this is the thing. He's in the same tier as Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill for me. Mm, okay, and I mean, do- he's sex with him and sex. Yeah, that's the, that's no, the newest. No, you're saying well, you started saying sex because you were combining six, <laughs> seven together. Well, there's one, two, three, four, five, and then there's sex. It's like a Jake yeah, saying it's kind of sexy. Well. Take this, and I'm stealing from Brandon announcing take, it. But take this. Bra- counterpoint, no. <laughs> counterpoint, Stefan Diggs, because that is the wide receiver one that Brandon has to have. But my thing before Brandon jumps into Jake was, you know, Stefan Diggs dealing with some of that weird stuff in the offseason, some of the crybaby stuff that's going on. Any of those questions overall, something that you just say, screw it. You know, if Gabe Davis is taking a next step, they bring in Dalton Kincaid to essentially be a slot wide receiver. You know, you look at these elements and you go, there's still massive upside for Diggs, but maybe it's capped where an Amara St. Brown doesn't really have a ceiling anymore that I'm getting at. Like, can you justify taking him over Stefan Diggs? Amara. He's the one guy that outside the top five receivers because my point with Stefan Diggs is you're getting him often outside the top five receiver. Sometimes he's number five, but he has number one receiver upside. If I told you Justin Jefferson was going to have 113 catches, 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns, you'd be like, yeah, sounds about right. But that's been yeah. Stefan Diggs's average in Buffalo. That's been his average for three seasons. And so that's kind of what you're you're putting down. And you mentioned Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is never going to be a target hog. He's kind of a, a vertical threat who's going to get, you know, his plays. I'm going to worry about a rookie tight end, you know, even if he's a hybrid guy. I'm not gonna, they don't throw to the backfield hardly at all. They're one of the smarter teams when it comes to realizing that the, the pass to the running back is not a high upside play in the NFL anymore. And so Stephon Diggs can continue to be the target hog in, in one of the best offenses in the league. So I, I like Stephon Diggs especially if I'm sitting like somewhere between eight to 12 in a draft, I get a guy at wide receiver that I feel like could be as good as any of the wide receivers that went before him. And you usually get to pair him right away with a really good running back because you get in the back to backs there. So I I've ended up doing that a lot where, okay, I didn't get the top receiver. I'm going to go digs here and running back on the quick comeback and, you know, get a guy like there as well. So uh, yeah, I just, I'm not worried about the off off the field stuff. It's a lot less of worrisome than actual guys that are holding out like Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. So Monroe St. Brown, Stefan Diggs, wide receiver ones that are must haves. Brandon, let's just kick it right back to you. Your wide receiver two makes a lot of sense. If you think about some of the players that you've been constructing here and one of the quarterbacks you talked about. So your wide receiver two is who? Yeah. I'm just going to assume that Deshaun Watson is going to be a look a little bit more like he did uh, before his hiatus than he did in his return last year and so amari cooper who was wide receiver last season who is seventh best wide receiver in ppr points over the last five seasons who is 29 years old remember he was one of those guys that was young early it was like the juju smith schuster where he was always a little bit younger than you thought so he's played a decent amount but he's 29 years old so still in his prime still the league guy uh you know there's not super strong number two you know, guys that are taking away from him. Elijah Moore, I like. David Njoku, I like. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I like. But they're not. They're so far in in Cooper's 
alpha rearview mirror, in my opinion, that I think we're going to see more of the same. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Jake, wide receiver two must have, this is an interesting name compared to Amari <laughs> Cooper because this guy's kind of floating up and down, but maybe recent injuries have uh, cleared this up a little bit. Your must have wide receiver two is? Yeah, he's become more of a must have since we got the injury to Traylon Burks. Uh, you look at DeAndre Hopkins and go back to last year. Oh, my favorite oh, player. Love him. <laughs> this is another guy oh, you stole me. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, by the way, for nine games for Cooper Cup and nine games for DeAndre Hopkins, 98 targets, 96 targets, 75 receptions, 64 for Hopkins, 8, 12, 7, 17 for Hopkins. He's just behind Cooper. Now, granted, Cooper Cup missed a lot more of his ninth game than Hopkins did. But all that being said, he's also playing for that Kyler Murray offense, which wasn't Kyler Murray for the entire time. But if you look at it, until that last game, even including the last game, all those double-digit targets time after time after time, double-digit points in every single game except for that very last game, and he's going to what we assume is a healthy quarterback situation. If people are coming around or making arguments for Ryan Tannehill, which we've had that discussion on the show before, uh, people are more op optimistic on Tannehill for fantasy than I am. But he's the number one for Tannehill, and Tannehill will use one wide receiver. The question comes down to using a second. So if you're telling me the team target percentage, the target percentage for Hopkins, granted, I get the risk. He's 31. He's been hurt the past two years. But as a wide receiver, too, who was ninth in fantasy points per game last year. Ninth. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. I didn't think I was going to get a lot of Hopkins, but it turned really quickly because of the situation. Oh, yeah, by Hopkins. the way, I think what so I think suspension was was last year, right? So he wasn't even hurt. Yeah. 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 So. I th well, no, because week 16, he got banged up okay. and then he missed the final week or two. Right. I'm almost positive. Almost that's, positive. Yeah, yeah that's he, right. out, he, didn't, he didn't play the last game or two. Jake, these are not against your ranks, but let me ask you this. Uh, from a consensus rank standpoint, two guys that are above Hopkins are Chris Godwin and Debo Samuel. Do you believe nope, Hopkins nope. is a tier above those players or belongs in that grouping? They are both in the tier behind that for me. Hopkins is in a tier with like Christian Watson, Amari Cooper, who Fonson just said, Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, those kind of names. I think once you talk about Godwin, I think Godwin is quarterback immune, but it's still like... Baker Mayfield. What a, Baker Mayfield is not trash, utter trash. Part of it, like I've, I've brought this up before. Uh, it's a victim of his own hype coming out of college and how good he was as a rookie. 
but can he be league average? Sure. But I'm not saying that means it's going to be Godwin. Like Godwin's been QB immune because he's so good at getting open in space. But what happens? What if? What if Baker Mayfield just targets uh, Evans 25% of the time and Hopkins 17? Like that's that's in the realm of possibilities. So that's my only concern about it. And it's like the touchdown scoring opportunities for Godwin. I I love Godwin. I just don't think you can put him in the same conversation because of that team. Yeah, that's kind of where I thought we were going to go with that when you're talking about Hopkins. Like, like part of the reason before. I'm not even sure Baker starts the entire year is not even for his play. It's just that offensive line might get him murdered. Like he might be hurt by week eight. Yeah, and then you're depending on Trask, and it's like, what yeah. level are you going to become? I mean, that actually might work better for by the way for Godwin. You know, just throwing some inside. people might say it might be Malik Willis at some point, and that's the counterpoint to DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> who's <laughs> well, outplaying Will Levis so far. <laughs> and that would be a concern overall. Quarterback play is something to consider off of that. What did you say last week? You're, you're silly. Like who could be a quarterback one Ryan Tannehill nonsense? Like <laughs> yeah. not Malik Willis and not Will Levis. Those guys are not going to be there. All right, let's finish it off on the wide receivers with your must-have wide receiver three. Brandon, who must you have to fill out your wide receiver core? Uh, Brandon Cooks. He's ABP wide receiver forty. I love that. Uh, last year he was wide receiver 49 with Davis Mills basically the worst team in the NFL Davis Mills at quarterback and he missed four games and he was wide receiver 49 Uh, in Houston the year before that without Deshaun Watson he was receiver 20 I mean he's been a thousand yard receiver for four different teams going to Dallas I expect he has a good chance you know making his fifth team he's got a good quarterback and Dak Prescott you got CeeDee Lamb you're working off of Uh, he's just been a good player Everywhere he's gone, and other for other than that concussion year in L.A. and last year in the you know Travis Shemakery that was Houston, um, and the fact that he got got banged up, he's been he's been really Travis, good in fantasy. Travis Every isn't yeah, Travis, Travis Shem- yeah, yeah, Travis Shemakery, um, <laughs> yeah, and it, again, twenty nine years old, so not even as old as probably some people think. Uh, still. Still under 30 and in a, in a good situation, much better than it's been the last couple of years in Houston. Would you trust going on his plane and flying as he's flying? Did you see that video of him flying? No. Yeah, like he, I think it was he's a flyer. I, he's a flyer. Yeah, 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 yeah he's a flyer. Uh, I only I, I only fly commercial. Too many. That's just how too many people go in this. Too many yeah, here people it is. go and these little Cessna, you know, those little Cessna and that's what he planes. had. He had a he had a private. Uh, he has his own private uh, li- licensed pilot, and he took Micah Parsons and Stefan Gilmore on a flight around Seattle for their preseason game. So, oh, wow. do you love him enough to jump on that plane and him to be your pilot? I'm just gonna <laughs> say no to that. Just I yeah, love I'm him for fantasy. No. I'm not as a pilot. Yeah, wide receiver three. Not pilot one. Uh, Jake, how are you going to finish off uh, your wide receiver core with your must-have wide receiver three? With somebody that I will throw a caveat on and that people be forewarned that this could get out of hand by the time you draft if you haven't drafted yet. Uh, Jahan Dawson. I have not stopped talking about Jahan Dawson this entire offseason, and the issue here is now Terry McLaurin just got banged up last night. As of us recording this podcast, the x-rays are negative. They expect them back by week one, but... By far, I'm not the only person talking about Jahan Dotson now come August. Like, there was a time where it was like, hey, a few of us, like Funston, me, uh, I think Matt Harmon, because he did his reception perception. There was like, oh, like, there's a few people talking about Dotson. And then kept talking about him, kept talking about him. I did my bold prediction saying he could be a top 10 wide receiver, and this is how. 
and people are jumping on the bandwagon and for good reason i'm not coming for people in the industry jumping on the bandwagon it's like this is what happens and why i'm saying i i am not taking this so much of this time to be a proponent of dotson because i've said so much about dotson at this point you can read the article i'm out of it like i have nothing left to say besides the fact he legitimately has easy top 20 upside and could finish as a wide receiver one but don't get caught in to the Oh, I have to get this guy. He's Jake's guy. Funston loves him too. Welsh loves him too. Like, oh, I got to get him. And then you draft him in the fifth round. And then where's the upside there? Like, you know, maybe he finishes as a fourth rounder, but you've kind of ruined it. You, you, there still is risk that Howell bombs, even though I love Sam Howell as well. There's a risk good. that this off. Yeah, I know there's a risk that the entire offense falls apart. Howell gets hurt. Jacoby Brissett comes in and all of a sudden the A dot is two yards. Like there's a lot of problems that could go wrong where just don't, get so hung up that you have to get Dotson, even though I truly believe he has top 10 upside. Always a great point. It's funny because we're doing the must haves and there's that part of the conversation that's get your guys, you know, we're talking must guys and my guys and get your guys and don't worry sometimes about value, but you do want to pay attention to eating into the, uh, the offensive upside of a player and what they can provide you on the top end versus their floor. And, right. and you know, guys in the fifth, sixth round, they haven't really built a floor because they're going in that range that justifies them going in the third round or we'd be taking them in the third round. And you just want to make sure you're having that proper math between what their floor looks like and where their upside is. And mm-hmm. each round you go higher and higher. You're kind of eating into that. It's something we talk about all the time. Yeah. And I have him as get- a fifth rounder right now, just in front of Kenyon Allen. And that's because I think Kenyon Allen's the floor Dotson's the upside. So, I mean that, and that's like a mid wide receiver. About as two. high as you can find. Yeah. This is about as yeah. high as you can find. Yeah, and, and and you also have, would have to have that argument too of like how much more upside is there outside of mid RB two right. or wide receiver right. two. I'm sorry, you could maybe get to wide receiver one territory, but you are pushing it. So taking him in front of, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a 15, 14 wide receiver that just completely blank. <laughs> right. Like taking him in front of right like Devonte Smith. The, the, I was yeah. gonna say the tier that's right in front of us. So we talked about Metcalf, Smith, Ridley, Cooper, Hopkins. Like that's where you need to kind of pause. Yeah. Uh, finishing it up here, the guys that you must have tight end, a little bit dicey this year. Do you go to the Travis high Kelsey. end? Do you wait at the end? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, do you just do that? You got to invest your first round. So let's do it. Uh, Jake, who's your must have tight end? This will probably speak to the level of investment you have in tight end, who that player is. That's more what it is. Although I do have a lot of Funston's pick and people keep asking me, why do I keep doing it? So I'll let him explain it. But uh, if I don't end up with said player, uh, there's one that I have second most and it's Tyler Higby. And it's not like I think like Higby's the greatest tight end ever, but Higby is the number two for the Rams. Like we're doing Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, their rookie Puka Nakua, all these options. Like, oh, we're really going to Tutu Atwell. Yeah. Woo. No, we just had the answer. He had 105, 6, 7, 8, somewhere around their targets last year. And then a lot of them came without Matthew Stafford. And everybody I know was sitting there in their minds, probably thinking, if you didn't look, if you just sat here and assumed, the easy assumption would be, well, that happened because Cooper Cup got hurt. Ha ha, my friend. Most of his targets actually came with Cooper Cup on the field. He was actually better in those first eight games than he was at the second half of the season. Now, of course, some of that's Matthew Stafford, too. But my point being is Cooper Cup being healthy does not hurt Tyler Higby. It actually helps Tyler Higby. So another 105, 110 targets coming from a healthy Matthew Stafford, which that's the biggest question. Stafford's got a lot of injuries, especially a back problem creeping up at this point of his career. But I'm getting Higby after Njoku's, after Komet's. I mean, he's going like 15, 16, 17 at tight end. I'm like, fine, I'll do it because I got a top 10 guy who was just top 10 last year. 100%. And we've, we've talked about this before. Who's the clear number two on that team? 
Yeah. There isn't. It's it's Cooper Cup and then a bunch of guys who can get targets. They're going to throw the ball, and likely Tyler Higby is going to play a big role in that. So when I mention that the guy that you pick for this probably is more representative of your investment, Brandon, you have a bigger name. And actually, I'm kind of shocked that it's this name because this tight end is surrounded by a lot of offensive weapons, and it's not a pass-heavy team. But your tight end that you must have is? Yeah, well, it's not the... He's been surrounded by offensive weapons for a while. I mean, George Kittle is a guy who's going as tight end five. And it's so funny how much farther ahead Mark Andrews will go than him. If you look at these guys in their last four years, like on a per game basis, Kittle's outdone him three out of the out of the five or four years, last five years. I mean, they're basically the same player. And if it wasn't for the Kittles missing half of a season right in the middle of that stretch, I think he's been, you know, much more maligned in fantasy as being a, a injury worry than Mark Andrews has. Every other season, and they're about the same. They miss one or two games, but Kittle has every bit the upside that Mark Andrews does. And yet the discrepancy, you know, Andrews will go off the board sometime in the second round, and you can sometimes get Kittle three rounds, four rounds later. It's crazy. There'll be it's like this this pause after Kelsey and Andrews. And people will just wait. And then Hawkinson, who I don't even think should Kittle should be going behind Hawkinson, but Hawkinson will go. And then in, in ADP, Waller's going ahead. I mean, if you want to talk about injury risk, give me a break. So uh, I just think that it's the last tight end I really care about. And sometimes I'm getting him so late, and I'm legitimately getting him. I have him on a lot of teams so far that I just can't pass that up. I'm like, hey, I think he could be every bit as good as Mark Andrews. So to recap, must have players, Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson, running backs, Nick Chubb, Damian Pierce, Khalil Herbert, Tony Pollard, Aaron Jones, Rashad White. You're looking at wide receivers. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Jahan Dotson, Stefan Diggs, Cooper, Brandon Cooks, and of course at tight end, Higby and George Kittle. Those are must have players. Gentlemen, one thing I didn't do at the top, I just want to get your quick take on this. It's been my failure because we've been so heavy draft focus that sometimes I uh, forget to get into in-season mode of news. The, the two biggest pieces of news has surrounded some running backs. I just want to get your take on this because I'm going to pair them against each other with Josh Jacobs ending his holdout and coming back to camp and the Colts allowing Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Your investment for this year, Jake, Jonathan Taylor with the trade looming versus Josh Jacobs and his return and whatever usage that is. Who do you want to make your investment in now? Mm, the same. I, I have shares of Jacobs. I still have zero of Taylor. I just, I honestly am terrified of what's going to happen with Taylor. Like he's ticked. He doesn't want to be with this team anymore. And Ursay is not helping the problem. Just keep your mouth shut, dude. What the hell are we still doing? Just Ursay is up. a stop, time stop, bomb. He's stop a ticking commenting time bomb. on these things. Like, but the problem here is like the. I feel like the. I feel like they're going to both play. My only thing with Taylor is, does he play from week one? And does he play 100%? Because he's also got the injury. Like, these all, and whether or not these nagging injuries are his reason for not practicing, even though he could, it's just so much more cloudiness. Like, my opinion of Jacobs the entire time was he's in a risk tier. I put him outside the top nine-ish running backs. And I said, because there's still a risk, he could dig his heels in like Le'Veon Bell. But I didn't think it was going to happen because of the money and because it's his job. The Taylor one, I just, I legitimately could see Taylor still sitting out week one because it feels like an olive branch of, go ahead and seek out a trade but we need a first rounder for you which basically means you're not going anywhere buddy so that's my concern with taylor so uh, taylor would have to be in the third round and i think somebody's always willing to risk it before he gets there yeah brennan do you feel any different i mean the, the looming where the hell would taylor go 
like the looming trade stuff has is been more worrisome of whatever's going to go forward with Jacobs, even though he's agreed to kind of like in the holdout here. Are you firmly Jacobs over Taylor now? I am because, you know, the talk now is he's going to be back before the season starts. Here's the thing. Neither of these running backs have leverage. And the fact that they're floating the idea that they need two first rounders for Jonathan Taylor, and then the team that gives that up would then have to pay him. That's not going to even get one first rounder. I mean, most teams wouldn't even just take him with the idea that they'd have to pay him. That's where running backs are at right now. It's a massive joke. It's a massive joke. And so like this narrative that, oh, we're going to wait and find out who's going to step up for Taylor. No one's going to. No one's going to. And at some point, the reality is going to hit the agent and hit Jonathan Taylor. And they're going to have to try to, you know, save some pride somehow and and probably end up back in with the Colts. I feel like it seemed like the Dolphins, they love to trade picks. They might be someone that maybe goes a call in, but it's we're getting pretty late in the game here. Won't for be this a first to be... rounder. Because when no, you use no. the first round pick on a running back, you get that guy for five years of control at a very reasonable price. But the, so, there's also a report out there that had said something along the lines of it's not a first rounder, it's got to be something that is a similar ish package, which is implying like a second rounder this year, maybe a second rounder next how about year, just a second players? this year, and a third. How about just players? <laughs> well, but it seemed like the Dolphins, you, in theory, they could move a, a chain if they wanted, if they wanted to deplete that. They could send over a Jeffrey Wilson and then another young player. I mean, there, there are options out there. I think the Dolphins make sense, but the cloudiness is what has made him even worse now, and Josh Jacobs has kind of moved up. You want to make sure you're following all the latest. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and over at The Athletic. Get a subscription today, a couple bucks a month. Get access to all the latest stories, all the latest ranks from Jake, and everything to get you prepped. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We're going to get a little bit more news preseason oriented in the next episode as we prep for in-season. So we will talk to you then. For Brandon and Jake, I'm Welsh. Have a great one, friends. Bye-bye.